People always used to say to me, just price it really high and then you won't yeah. get it. And then mm. you do get it and then they don't pay. But sometimes you go to a job and you think, I don't want to do this job. They chase you for a quote and it's kind of hard to give an explanation as to why. And then because you don't send the quote, they put you a bad review. Mm. It's hard because yeah. you don't want to offend people. We've always been paid for every large job. Have we walked away from, from smaller payments? Yeah. For any trade business to survive, it must attract clients. So when tradespeople start out, it can be common to find yourself attracting the wrong type of client, or even worse, no clients at all. So how do you attract the right customers into your trade business? That's a question I put to Kathy and Tommy, who both run successful electrical and heating and plumbing businesses. Tommy explains his process of identifying and selling to five-star customers. We discuss customer red flags and how they deal with jobs that haven't gone exactly to plan. And we talk about the importance of an online presence and how to land ideal customers. We know business owners are busy, so we've separated the full interview into chapters. If you hover over the time bar, you can skip to the section you want to learn more about. The podcast is sponsored by Payaka, software that helps you sell more, organize your team and save hours of time. This conversation is packed full of useful advice that you can quickly implement into your own trades business. I hope you enjoy it. So it's, it's really important in any business to attract the right type of customers, type of clients for your business. Um, Tommy, how do you define the ideal customer for your business? First of all, you've got to ask yourself who your five-star customers are. And what do you mean by that? Well, who are your one-star customers? They're the ones that you're definitely not going to want to answer the phone to. Yeah. Who are your three-star customers? Well, kind of fill in the week you know keep keep you busy um who's your five star customers the ones that you want to serve mm. every single day for the next five to ten years that's your definition of of a five star customer and for for your business your your heating business for our, our heating your, business um what's your criteria would normally be uh, a family i.e not going for the the older generation going for the family that have kids at home um Normally, it would have been a broken down boiler that that started it. However, it doesn't necessarily have to be a broken down boiler. Um, would be middle income. I say middle income. We're not really after you know the the elite in in the posh posh areas. Um, nice people. We you know I I believe that our reviews have always attracted nice people and we want to carry on serving nice people and i think if if you if you start your relationship with a customer like that you you really got to be thinking we're not just here to make money today or, or this week we want to be serving that family for the next five five to ten years mm -hmm. so that's really uh, i think would 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 match up with a lot of other tradespeople's five five star customer maybe not the boiler part but mm -hmm. understanding we're, we're not just there to make make money here and now it's it's that lifetime value mm -hmm. uh, and for you kathy what's your yeah i definitely on? agree with sort of the repeat customer thing um some of our customers who uses the most do start to feel like your friends because um you get to know them you get to know their families um and it is either that, that you've worked for them, their neighbours, or you end up doing jobs for their families. So and, and they trust you, you grow like a bit of a network, don't they, you? They yeah. trust you. And, and even when something doesn't go right, they trust you. Yeah. And it all started off with that first initial uh, relationship, I think. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like, it might be that something's 
like you say, not always gone right, but you've it's how you've sorted it out, and so they mm. still come back to you. You know, not not because um, of the problem, but because of how you sorted it, and because of that that trust that you've built there, definitely. Mm. Yeah. And, and what's the and the other end of the scale? Like, what what, what are those types of customers that you're not not really going after? Like, you want to take that one first? <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a dodge. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Because obviously, like the sort of general mentality is that the customer's always right, and you're always supposed to um, sort of stick to that. I get a lot of this thing of. Because you were a female, I thought that you would have done this better. And that's <laughs> so annoying. And um, what are they talking it about? took me such a while. So um, because we've got sort of obviously the brand of a female, um, if something goes wrong, we do often get customers who will say, well, you're a woman. How could you possibly have let this happen? And it's like, I trusted an all-female company. Um, and like, it's hard because you either get people who are so supportive over that and it works in your favor, but then when something goes wrong, you know, those types of people can be very, um, you know, offended that the fairy godmother <laughs> didn't wave a magic wand and fix everything, you know, but we are only human. So it's people understanding that you're human beings at the end of the day, um, you know, well, I definitely do get that sort of, how could a woman possibly have done this? I had somebody say it to me the other day and I just, it's hard to answer that, isn't it really? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, go on. For for me, um, customers that you know and expect, and maybe you've expected it incorrectly, but that you expect are are not going to appreciate the work that that you do for them. People that think that you know you are just a, a commodity, that you are one of of a hundred other options out there. Yeah, um, for us, and I, I, I'm not sure about the sparky industry, but I know a lot of people in the heating industry kind of feel the same thing, the same way. Um, working for builders, I feel as though builders kind of think you're you're just a plumber, you're just one of the other trades that we are going to uh, we employ, and and if you don't want to do the work, I'll, I'll give the work to somebody else. Um, she, yeah, I think working it. direct for customers is much better than working for other trades. Like mm-hmm. um, my partner, um, he does a lot of plastering work for builders where they come in at a certain stage and um, I've done jobs with him like that. And our experience has been so much smoother when we work for customers directly doing a job where you're not coming in mm. with a load of other trades. I think um, customers appreciate you when you deal with customers direct a lot more than yeah. when you're dealing with another trade. I'm not saying that they're all hmm. always bad experiences. No, but. no, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that all all builders need to be avoided because I know that <laughs> there's, there's there's a lot of people that um, their their best customers are are yeah. builders. Yeah, but you no, know, every, every business is different. Um, but for us, the the common factor would be: Are they likely to just want it cheap? Do they just want it cheap? Are you just a, a, a commodity? Mm. Um, will they appreciate you? Mm. Um, the other side of the scale for me is, you know, the the very affluent may, you know, you're you're be you're below us, your your trades. Yeah, you know? I think yeah, it's definitely. I've had that experience before where they've sort of um, almost talked to you like you're a nobody who's just coming in doing that and going, um, and also the experience of. Um, price coming first you mm. know if if something's took them longer than they thought and it's an hourly rate um you know people going crazy because of their expectation of what the price was mm. things like that definitely um i think reasonable people like 
um, are generally the best ones. Reasonable people. And the ones in the middle. Yeah. The ones in yeah, the middle. Definitely yeah, definitely. The middle. When, when you see those kind of like those red flags at some point in the process, like presumably like sometimes you're already there quoting for a job or it might happen later. But if you're quoting for a job and then you realize actually this isn't the type of work I want to do, what, how do you how, what do you do then? Like, You've got to remain professional yeah. at all times. But do you give them a quote still? You don't want that job anymore. <laughs> You've realized that when you're there. Like, People always used to say to me, just price it really high and then you won't yeah. get it. And then you mm. do get it and then they don't pay. So <laughs> they yeah. find an excuse. So yeah. I just, we um, we went through a phase of having sort of a message that we sent. If it was a reason why I didn't want to do a job, rather than being too specific, just saying, um, you know, for um, personal circumstances, we're unable to quote for this job or due to the nature of the work, something like that. But yeah. um, we've not had to do it a lot recently. Um, but sometimes you go to a job and you think, I don't want to do this job. Um, and then they chase you for a quote and it's kind of hard to give an explanation as to why. Sometimes you might just get a bad feeling or you, you genuinely, or somebody else might have started it or something like that. Um, and then because you don't send the quote, they put you a bad review and mm-hmm. it's hard because yeah. you don't want to offend people. But some jobs you like, you just don't want to get involved with. Mm-hmm. And I've gone down Agreed. the road of getting involved in them and ending up. Because in this this is this is the problem with with marketing. If if you are good at your marketing, ultimately you know the the general public or or B two Bs are going to think they can help me mm. because I've seen them. So your marketing has done what you want it to do. It's yeah. it's cast a net out. It's bringing leads in. Um, but sometimes the people that are coming to you expecting that you can do the work mm. for them they're not the right fit for you mm. so it's how do you then because yeah. your marketing was good enough to bring them in to bring them to the table mm. how can you how can you let them down uh, pre-qualification um is you know we, we spoke about that on mm. on another podcast um but sometimes customers get through the pre-qualification and you end up in their house and then you're looking at it uh, if you're looking at the job or you're looking at the customer and you're thinking don't want this mm. yeah. really don't want this so it'd be good to get a list of reasons mm. reasons why i can't serve you yeah in the comments yeah i mean it, yeah <laughs> it does it does sound like a um, good blog post that <laughs> it does sound like the best thing to do though is to is to be upfront and transparent and and well, maybe not give the real reason but at least be like right that like the yeah, for whatever reason this isn't the right job for us because i think a lot of people there is the strategy of like pricing high but a lot of people might be like, oh i'm just i won't bother sending the quote and then the customers just get annoyed at you and yeah because like, i've done it in customers houses i i've looked people in the eye and said i'm sorry we will not be quoting on on this job mm. and like you know so sometimes the surprise or the disgust it's like, well, what do you mean you know is, is my money not good enough for for you mm. You're not professional if you're not going to quote on this. Mm. You're not professional if you don't have the skills to do this. And that's where you, I think we need the subtle reasons in, yeah. in the comments below. Yeah. Capacity. But that, I don't that, that's the best one. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, we just don't have the capacity to deal with the, with this job. Yeah. Um, and then put them onto your competitor that you don't like. Mm. <laughs> I've definitely tried the don't send the quote price higher so you think it makes it worth your while. And... Um, saying um and but still still sometimes people definitely get through i think i think one thing that i've noticed as well at first when i started if they told me that i already had another electrician that they'd fallen out with and they stood there telling me how awful this other or several other electricians were 
Um, and I used to think, oh my God, I can be a hero. And now I think, oh my God, I need to run away. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, there's a reason why they hate this other electrician. And it's probably because they just genuinely don't understand why they can't do what they want them to do. Um, I had somebody just like you say, stand and stare me right in the eye the other day and say, well, I don't want you to lift my floorboards to put a socket there. Can't you do a wireless option? <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> Really? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> power socket as well. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, she asked me about battery operated lamps and I was like, um, I don't know, could you go to IKEA for that? <laughs> you know, I'm generally not a, a retailer of battery operated lighting because uh, I'm an electrician. So generally that kind of contradicts what we do. Um, and you feel like you sit like, you, you know, and I know if we go do that job and we take up the floorboards, she won't be happy with the floor after and I've tried to explain in as much detail as I can. And what I think is really important as well is explaining it not just in person, but also in writing if you are going to sort of go down the road of sending the quote. Um, because you can say to somebody all day long, I'm going to chase all your walls out and make loads of mess and there's going to be dust on everything. And then because you've not written it down to prove that you've told them it, then when there's dust on everything and then they complain yeah. and you're like, mm-hmm. no, I've definitely spent a good half an hour going through yeah. the effects of a rewire on your house yeah. in person. Mm. Um, we started even doing like a meeting before a rewire the week before to try and help them prepare the property yeah. for that. And um, yeah. I still had a customer who her sister had told her that you pull wires through conduit that's sat in the wall waiting and you don't have to make any damage to the plaster. And then she was really surprised by all the damage that we made to the plaster. But I could say we'd done a pre sort of start meeting with her and said, yeah. right, you need to tidy this way. This is going to look like this. This is what's going to happen. Um, but I think sometimes people just believe what they want to believe, don't they? And it's best to avoid. I, th- yeah. I, th- I think providing you've, you've got, you know, providing that you've got the marketing in place that is actually going to, to, to attract leads, the more, Ultimately, the bigger that net is, the more you're going to be able to be picky about who who you who you do want to serve. Mm. Yeah. And then at some point, mm-hmm. get to the point that you know, for instance, we are a rewire specialist. We don't do anything. We just rewire. Um, you know, we send a team in on whatever day you're going to send them in, and that's it. The week after that team's then on to the next rewire. Um, uh, I've got Sparky who's, who who shares a shares a unit with me. Um, but it's you know it's the same in the heating game, isn't it? Are are you a are you a all round plumber? Mm. You know, do you do anything that has pipe that has uh, water or gas running through it, or are you a specialist boiler service and repair person? Mm. Yeah. You know, it's it's all down to who who you're attracting. Yeah, really. and you 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 mentioned a moment ago like you um like marketing and like to do with like um uh, qualifying people so to try yeah. and identify those red flags earlier. Like, what are the kind of what are the kind of steps that you take in your marketing to to actually proactively identify those? Um, well, we could use Payaka. We could use <laughs> Payaka to um, build up a form. Mm-hmm. What what we've seen is is not to um, confuse people or, or to put people off. You've really got to ask. Well, what are the minimum questions that you need to ask online mm-hmm. uh, as, as you know a, a web form on on your website? But then. The next step would be a, a, a swift telephone conversation. Uh, how we do it in, and have done it in our business for, for many years is, um, hi, John, Sue, wh- whoever it is, uh, I just need to ask you eight questions to see if this is the type of work that we can help you with and if we can do it in the time frame that you require. Hmm. Nice and polite. 
choose you know choose your five eight eight mm. questions yeah. um you can always you know you can always come out of this this is this is just to see is it worth going and doing the survey mm. even after survey you may pick up on something and think no I, we, we still don't want it yeah obviously we, we can't we can't build a perfect system but what we should try to do is is build a system that is is going to save us the most amount of time yeah that, that pre-qualification thing though is, is a constant dilemma because like the the marketing angle looks at it and says well asking less questions means that i'm gonna get a higher conversion rate on someone filling out that form but then of course you've not qualified them so you've got all these like leads that may not be great for your business and you're spending time doing that so it's, it is that balance that you say of like you, you want to filter out as much as possible but not put off people not because i mean you could take the real sort of engineer's approach to it and say right I need to know all this information before I, I quote and then suddenly you stop getting leads in or it's just putting off the right leads that you want because it's just too hard there's too many hoops but what we have seen recently in in the last couple of years um since covid times is is more remote surveys so perhaps mm. you know perhaps survey number one is you explain to the customer um via your website via your web page you know this is the stage that we will go through you will need to fill in this form mm. and book in a a, a quick 20 minute uh, video survey mm. you could possibly do it so you can just use the technology that's available now particularly because the world is so used to doing everything online and doing doing zooms to just have a look around mm. your team yeah do definitely no so we don't really do video service at the minute um and obviously, because I'm going to have a newborn in March, I, and it's my job to go do the quoting, mm. that's something that we are looking at trying mm. to move towards. Um, but it's kind of, I was going to speak to you about this, actually. Um, we was looking at moving to Perka, but um, it's where to sort of get that information in, like how, like yeah. there isn't, um, the current thing that we use does have a customer login, but I've not really explored it. But it's kind of making it so that people can give you that information mm. in a set way so that everybody gives it you the same yeah. way. Mm. Um sometimes when people send us pictures especially if we've been to the house before um i mean sometimes i don't even need pictures if i've been there before i can quote somebody on a job quite easily especially if it's something that we do a lot of like adding an outside light mm. um something like that but um i think definitely trying to get more information from people mm. in terms of like pictures and videos like very job relevant information before you're going out yeah. it definitely would help you exclude not necessarily nightmare customers but jobs that are unsuitable for you yeah, yeah. i do sometimes go to quote jobs and i'm like why am i at this job quoting like it could have been booked in straight away as an hourly rate um job that we could have estimated an hour for so they've got mm. more or less a quote up front mm. or it's just not something that we do at all um we've had quite a few recently people wanting us to install options where they can plug in generate backup generators so that they don't have to do um you know if with all the power cuts so that they don't have to sit without power mm. um and it's something i've explored for a couple of different customers and it's ended up either being too time consuming too costly too um specialist yeah. so i don't want to go out quoting to those things but we've had quite a lot of people ring up and i've had to go down the same road with all of them but i could have just not gone out in the first place and explained that you know yeah. um or especially stuff like car charging me don't we don't do that mm. but the girls in the office know that we don't do car charging so i think generally the administrator who answers the calls and messages has a roundabout idea of what we do so sometimes um she's able to identify something that doesn't sound familiar and ask me before she books it in yeah. um but you do still sometimes end up at a job where you think 
like I've wasted time, money, fuel. Yeah. Um, you know, coming here. It's the time, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's not necessarily because we don't want the job, but because I could have done this remotely, or I could have done it. Mm without even needing to say anything because I've been here before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's having a good system in place that deals with that a bit like you've both said really, like something yeah. that puts I mean, people through the right hoops in the first place. Yeah, and it's something that like we get asked about. We talk to a lot of people about and it's something that there's a few places that we've got it in and we're exploring and putting it in. Like One is like in the job forms that people are filling out on site, whether that's doing a survey or during the form dropping the image and then bringing that back in so the admin people can see that or just dropping in itself but there's also what we're looking at developing is allowing you to capture images on those forms that you're talking about so where you've got those questions can you upload a picture of you know yeah because our girls when they're on site if the customer asks for a quote for something else they complete a quote form and then we get loads of repeat custom through that so mm. I'll, i might have 10 quotes to send that i haven't even needed to go to because they've quoted while they're on site yeah. but if a customer could complete that for us if we can yeah. make a customer friendly mm. um even a customer we've not been to yeah. then that would save us so much time mm. and and running around and yeah. and also with a you know like for me with a newborn baby what do you do with your baby while you're going in to do a quote yeah. that's not going to be an option for me soon so there is definitely something like that's that would be really useful to businesses yeah yeah i guess even if you had someone who you know that didn't quite have your experience but was able to whilst possibly do the whole quote they could video it so if they did need more input they could yeah they could do it. I the, guess the you need information that, that we get and the pictures that are the details that we get or what i look at is something that somebody could give you without any any of my yeah. my employees or team members having to go out to site, yeah. it's something they could give me. It, I only need to see what they've videoed. I don't need to necessarily mm. be there. I mean, sometimes I'd prefer to go out if it's a certain job. Like sometimes when they fly a quote form, I'm like, I still need to go. You know, those like there are always going to be those necessities. But I think generally it can definitely be made more remotely. Mm. I think the, I've seen companies who do like, oh, you can build a whole boiler package on their website and buy and order it all. And like, I think that's too far away yeah. from what we do now and not in the personal experience. But I'm yeah. not saying it doesn't work for some things. Yeah. Like I know people can like pick a whole rewire package on some websites yeah. and get a whole price for it. Now I wouldn't yeah. want to go that far, but I think there's definitely somewhere in between that could be yeah. made you know, it's better for the, the environment and it's better for your business financially as well. Mm. Yeah. It, yeah, I was just going to say, like, language uh, language around it is, like, really important as well. You mentioned there, like, when you were talking about the uh, the, the questions that you ask your customers, uh, like, the, the language was very, like, customer-focused and, it like, we need to ask these questions to make sure that we can help you with this job. So to make a, sure that like, this is the type them. of work that yeah. we can help you with yeah. the time frame that you require. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's like really putting it on them, not, oh, mm. but it gives you that reason. Well, no, yeah. we can't do it in, in that time frame. Yeah. 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 And you've, uh, you've also mentioned before about how you use, or like you use language almost as a qualifier as well. Like the way you would, you, you address customers with mm. like, it's like, Hey, hey hello friends. Like that kind of thing. Mr. Fitzpatrick. Mr. Fitzpatrick. Oh, it's a mister. Oh, no, it's a mister. <laughs> if it said his name was John, yeah, no problem, John. Yeah, He'll yeah. be there. But mister is another one of them little radars to us. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so on that, that red flag, that customer red flag, um, Felix and our team actually wrote a little blog post from what people had told him, like really annoyed them. And it would just be really interesting to get your reaction to this. Um, so we'll just run through the top five. Let me know what you think. Come on, then. <laughs> uh, so, so the first one he's got like the voyeur. So like the customer who's just there watching you constantly, maybe giving advice or, or asking mm-hmm. questions. Yeah. Is that, is that annoying? Is that fine? Sometimes it's, sometimes it's some old fella, old lady who just wants a bit of company, just wants a bit of chat. Sometimes it's it's as simple as that. Um, the one that makes our industry giggle is, yeah, I used to be a plumber. <laughs> yeah, used to be a plumber. Well, what happened to your toolkit, pal? Um, yeah, it's... It's one of them is customer dependence, yeah. really. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, we have a bit of a joke. We'll go, he's a watcher or she's a watcher. Yeah. They come and sit with you. But like you say, it's either they're lonely or sometimes they really know it or sometimes they think they know how to do it, but you're there. Or we had that the other week. Yeah, my husband's done 30 years in street lighting, um, but he's mixed up all the wires on this light and now it's going <laughs> bang. Right, okay. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think... Definitely, I don't mind it as much now. But when I first, I think if you if you if you're not extremely confident, it's not nice being constantly mm. watched. I, I guess it must be difficult for someone who's who's newly qualified. Yeah. You know, it's like you're on exam. Yeah. Um, you know, all over again every day that you go to work, somebody's somebody's watching. Yeah, definitely. Offset. <laughs> what about uh, adding on extras? So, like, can you can you just okay, look at just this? do can this? You, can you just while you're here? Like, It'll just take yeah. a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it depends if it's a small job or if it's a job or an hourly rate, welcome it, yeah. keep coming. Yeah. If it's a rewire and we've got a fixed pricing, um, I think it can be really difficult to sort of draw a line and say that's going to cost extra. And it's worse as well if the person who's in charge of how much it's going to cost isn't there. Mm. And customers will often say, oh no, uh, the electrician who came said that it, would be, it wouldn't be extra. It would, or you'd knock some off my invoice if I didn't have this bit done or, you know, um, I think that one can be really tricky. It just depends what how you've got a pricing structure in mm. place. Um, it's definitely one to be careful of. Mm. I would add it depends where you are, what stage you're at in your business. For instance, if you're relatively new to business and you don't have many customer reviews, opportunity. Mm. Can you just do this? Mm. So I think if we can just politely make them aware, well, that's not part of my job, of this job that's yeah. booked in if we can just finish the job that we're booked in to mm-hmm. do and then towards the back end of the day if it is just a you know an extra five ten minutes whatever it is even if it's an extra half an hour if you've got enough time left you've got an opportunity for a review there yeah yeah and also i think it's like it's so so important then to have that record of what's been agreed to not at the start but then Absolutely. i don't d- you know if someone asks for something extra and you're able to say yeah no problem we can do that it's gonna like cost this much extra and here's but the this could be where you wait where you have the price list in in place you know to move the radiator whilst on the job mm. for instance well yeah that would normally be if mm. we come back that would normally be 180 pound plus plus vat but we can do it on the job at the end of the day yeah uh, for and X. those and those extras as well, and we've covered this in a different topic. Those things that you know are like commonly come up. Why not put that on the quote as an added extra that someone can look at and add on before you even accept it? Yeah, mm. and that's the sort of built-in upselling. That's something that we sort of really push for people to do more of. That must happen a lot in in, in your trade. Or could we just have another socket there 
yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely something we don't have that within our quoting software at the minute, which I think it but yeah, definitely an advantage, especially with stuff like rewrites where you've already got all the flaws up. Adding an extra socket isn't gonna be a massive job. Um, it just depends, like you say, what like what stage you're at, and especially what stage you're at in the job as well. Like if you've nearly finished, or um, I think it's it just depends on the circumstances in terms of how useful it is. Um, it's harder as well when you've got team out there and it's not just you because what's been agreed and what's been said often becomes sort of a bit grey and it's a bit hard and you- oh I've been charged extra for this but I wasn't expecting that but mm-hmm. you didn't it wasn't originally quoted for mm-hmm. and, and you need a good way of recording as well if they've done extra work or yeah. wasn't included in the price um because it, especially if it's not you on the job like if one of our girls does something extra and forgets to tell us or uses something extra at the van for something extra the vast one forgets to tell us um it's hard as well because sometimes if you've allowed for a certain amount of time in a job you've given a fixed price for that and then they end up having time to do something extra like you've still given them an extra service so you would want to charge for it but they've done it within the time you allocated so it's a bit it's, it this can is, be difficult this, this is where i'm i'm pulling it back to you're looking for opportunities mm-hmm. here to well it's it's to some extent is it customer service or is it you've just been bent over by, by mm-hmm. the customer yeah. i'm looking at five-star customer service mm. you know if your team believes truly believes in five-star customer service they're going to be looking for these these opportunities mm. to get the review if you can then put it in their contract that for every five-star review that 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 biz, that that team that person or that team brings back to the business it's you know it's an extra 15 pounds at the end of the month and yeah. suddenly you see your your reviews go yeah. skyrocketing what happens when you get more more reviews, more phone calls, more trust? You put your prices up. Um, yeah. Do you find that if a customer uh, wants something extra that had not previously been agreed and, and you okay it, um, that when you put that onto the team or could you just do this for them, that you get a bit of kickback from, from the team as well? Um, it weren't on the original job order because they're already thinking, I'm gone at four o'clock. Hmm. You know? No, so I've got one of them that seems to always end up doing extra stuff and not telling us, and then it don't be um, noticed either if something goes wrong with it. And I'm like, well, why is that gone yeah, wrong? So I didn't yeah. know we did that. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, I've noticed something, and I'm like, well, how come that wasn't part of the price? And then they've, it's ended up not being charged for it. And then others that are, like you said, are very much like, well, I ain't got time to do that today. Um, it's a bit of a mixed bag, really. I think it really depends on circumstances with that one. Like sometimes it is a really good opportunity to go that extra mile. Um, but I think people who are genuine, like customers who are genuine and happy um, to sort of pay for anything extra they want doing, they'll usually get in touch with the office and ask for it to be done at the same time while we're there or something else they've thought of or, you know, or if while they're on site, if it gets mentioned... We tell the girls if there's anything extra that they need doing, really it needs to come back to the office before it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. But it's hard to get, like I say, something in practice. Like it's all that processes, isn't it? Like yeah. being able to upsell when you send a quote is great. Mm. That's but that's quite different to somebody asking yeah. for something them to do something extra because it depends what the client's intentions are as well. If they're thinking, oh no, I want that doing. Yeah. sometimes you get people who say oh i don't want you to do this and this with i don't know like say i want you to add the socket and i want you to um move a socket but i'm going to change all the rest of my socket fronts myself and they've got a big stack of them on the side and you're like all right okay and then when you get there oh well, while you're here if you've mm-hmm. got time and it's a bit like you know 
well, that, that's just tech making it. But then you do get some who will message like the morning or the day before and say, oh, I've got another light. I pick, I've seen another one that I liked while I was there. Can you just change this light as well? It'd be cute last night. Yeah, exactly. Eight o'clock last night, yeah. And then they're genuinely <laughs> happy to pay for that yeah. extra Thing. And then you've already travelled to the job, you're already there as so much. Yeah, so you might charge them an extra 15 yeah. minutes of time doing it. Or if they've mm. got an apprentice with them that, um, you know, could do it while they were there, while they're doing something mm. else, you know, it might mm. be worth doing it and getting that extra five-star review, going that extra mile. Um, mm. I think it's just the circumstances based on that, really. Yeah, yeah. So the biggest takeaway really is just as long as you've got that process, it's, you've got yeah. a way of dealing with it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Mm. What about, uh, how do you feel about people asking for discounts? At what point? Any point. Start. I think it depends on it. Sometimes you get people who get a quote through and they go, oh, actually, I had a budget for this and it's this much yeah. and I'm kinder to them. And then sometimes you get people who have paid for, uh, who have ordered an electrical call out and then start saying, well, you were only here for two minutes. <laughs> well, that's because you've you got the light bulb and yeah. I've got the common yeah. sense touch in yeah. the light bulb. <laughs> Stuff like that. It depends, doesn't it, when... I hate when people say, can I pay cash and will it be less? Because it's straight yeah. away, yeah. it's like a, well, we have average to business and by law, that's yeah. how I need to operate my business to and be. And the bank um, charges an extra 1% yeah, so for cashing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an extra 1% for cash. Yeah. I hate those questions. I like just to, yeah, just if they say, can I pay cash and will it be cheaper? I'm just like, I don't go down that road. I, I once had a customer um, I went out to do the survey who, before I'd walked out the door, asked me if, if there would be a discount available. Mm. I'd not even sent the quote yet. What I did pick up, I'd not even sent the quotation and she was asking for a discount. This particular one, because it always, I, I remember it because it's in a, it's in a nicer area. No, not really, really posh, but it's it's in a nicer area. But what I remember from from that quotation is, I think I was fifth or sixth business in to quote. Yeah, yeah. So got a lot of people. Alarm bells. Woo 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 woo. I know some people that ask on quotation, um, how many um, how many companies will will you be having come round to quote? Who who will it be that mm-hmm. coming out to quote? Uh, I'm not saying that that's for my business, but I know that some mm. some people do do that, and it kind of makes sense. Yeah, because sometimes you get people who will have three, and sometimes when they mention, mm. "Oh, I've had another electrician, and they said this," and sometimes those people do go ahead, and sometimes they don't, and it's hard to gauge whether they're, you know, I think maybe if people have three companies and and choose one, that's probably the maximum I'd expect. But like you say, fifth in. It sounds like they're just wasting people's time, doesn't it? Right, they, I think a lot of our customers just use us. Well. If they're happy with the price, they go with it. If they're not, then they'd start looking at other quotes. Yeah. But yeah, it's their time as well, you'd think. <laughs> yeah, you've got to think about it. How, how long for, you know, for for the survey person to come in and have a look around? I'd, I'd, how long on rewire? Two hours? Mm, and I don't know. It's not my minutes. game. 20 minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, but certainly, you know, complicated heating quotations, you could be in there for, for over an hour. Yeah. Okay. So to to get four or five people to to come come round, you're wasting your own time. Yeah. And why are they wasting their own time? For yeah. for the saving, whatever saving yeah. they think they imagine that they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you just knock us this off? Mm. Um, I I think this one is interesting because we talked about it yesterday and we talked about it seeing it from the customer's point of view, but um and taking away barriers but get late payments getting paid late 
is that a problem that you you have you see like not so big for 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 our company does it exist yeah mm. does it exist um Touchwood, we've always been paid for every large job. Have we walked away from from smaller payments? Yeah, I think you know after the fourth or fifth email and numerous phone calls, if if the customer's dodging you, I'd, I'd rather just not waste and any more any more time chasing mm-hmm. them. But it kind of comes back to you know, do you have the system in place to make it easier to identify your you know your better customers and to have a process in in place to actually take make you know make making payment easy for mm. them if you know if it's easy for them you're far more chance of getting mm. payment if you make it difficult for for them um there's a chance that they might forget mm. when they're messing around with whatever they've got to do with the kids you know this kid's got to be at that club that kid's got to be at this club next thing next door neighbor's cat died or whatever and then they went on holiday and before you know it that that 90 pound invoice has been put all the way to the back of the agenda um, so, you know, what can we put in place to just make it easy mm. for them? Systems. Yeah, I think like we have um, invoice reminders that are automated, but then sometimes people get annoyed if they have paid, but it, the system's not caught up yet and then they get a reminder. So it's this like isn't if pay everyone, by the way. Just, no. just <laughs> if everyone paid on time, then them other people who, like it, they wouldn't be getting, we wouldn't need to use them automated reminders. Like it's, I think it's interesting that... Um, we would go and do an electrical job. Our terms say that you pay on completion of the work um, and receive your invoice. We'll invoice usually like the same day or the following day, um, you know, within a couple of days. And people receive those invoices, don't pay them, and then a week or two weeks might go by. And so those are now shown as a week or two weeks overdue. Yeah. But if you went to the shop to buy something, you don't take it away and then yeah. think about it two weeks later. I think it's quite interesting that, that like, if you want to order an item yeah. that's, you know, similar sort of cost to what a job is, you wouldn't expect to take it away yeah. and just think about it in two weeks' time. Yeah. But it does happen quite a lot where people... we One of our administrators who's just doing two days now, um, one of her sole jobs that I've put in place for her is chasing up invoices that are anything over than a week overdue because we do say payment on receipt of your invoice. Um, and like I said, they've already done and completed the work. They've had the stock installed into the mm-hmm. jobs. There's no reason not to pay that soon. Um, so then she's chasing them up. And it's not a nice job to do either, really, because no, you feel no. a bit like you're being yeah. a pest. But... To be reasonable, there's no reason why. I mean, it would be nice to give everyone a, a facility to pay. To say, right, here's your, here's your bill before I leave. But yeah. then it's kind of putting an electrician in a position of, you know, taking payments, which isn't really part of an electrician's role, and it's we, a bit uncomfortable for them. Do you do that? Not electricians, but the gas engineers taking payment on on the job. Oh, really? For, for small, well, you know, for, for small works. Yeah. For small works, it's, it's less than two hundred pounds. It's yeah, mm. getting get a payment on a job, but also. We, we mentioned this on, on a previous podcast, didn't we? For small works, why not bill up front? Hmm. Yeah, well, we've yeah. got... that. Like, that's definitely something I've thought about a lot for call-outs. Like, yeah, we can book you this call-out in. Yep, they'll be here that day. So you need to pay before we yeah. set off. And I think companies do do that. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think... If British Gas said to you, yeah, you can book a boiler engineer in, um, it's just this much. You just need to pay that now and then they'll be out to you at two o'clock yeah, today. I can't, someone bat- I can't imagine someone batting an yeah. eyelid, but I don't feel that confident to do that mm. because I think it'd 
people I, raise, I, I think that's eyebrows. a lot of trades I think a lot of trades think exactly the same thing you know they they it's almost like they don't trust themselves mm. hear me out you know it's almost as though they they believe that the general public all the general public don't trust all trades so it's like a it's like a double barrier mm. you know but ultimately it might just be inside the trades person's yeah, mindset it's, it's you that's that, feeling like that, that our moment. industry doesn't do this, so so I can't can't do this, and it's just trying to get mm. over that barrier. Well, like I said, if if you call British Gas and say I, I want a booking for for a boiler service, not only will they try to upsell you onto the service mm. plan, mm. but they'd charge you up front. Yeah. yeah, well, I booked someone to come and fix my uh, washing machine the other week, and I paid up front for that, and I didn't mm. even never even occurred to me. That, that was a different thing to what we do yeah. but the person who takes the car payments is the person who books the job in so it would be probably more efficient for her to say at yeah. the time that she's booking the job in yeah if it's a call out um if you pay the minimum Stand, call out standard from, call out is x pound plus plus yeah. vat if there's anything now, additional yeah. get a separate invoice well, yeah but yeah. The standard call out like covers you for for the time, which ultimately might be something very, very simple, like like flicking the switch or put, putting in a light bulb. Yeah, yeah. I, then... I definitely had to pay a call out fee there. Last weekend, water started pouring through my ceiling. Before they'd even come out, they they, they had a, a call out charge. Mm. Um, yeah, and as soon as that was paid, then they, they were happy to get us booked in and um, oh, really? get someone out. Yeah, yeah. Um, have either of you ever had to go down the debt collector route? Personally, not yeah. not for us. There, there is... There is uh, Debt collectors that that frequent um, Facebook communities. Um, you know, we're not naming any names, but they they're always getting recommended, mm. um, and they they basically specialise in helping out other other trades. Um, but you know, where is the line? Mm. Uh, you know, I, I I get the idea, the principle of oh, get a debt collector on them because they're outstanding hundred and fifty pound, which they promised to us, they agreed. You know, they they signed the document. We did the work but ultimately it's like is is it worth it to, to your company mm. you know do you really need it and is it worth the t- time headache aggro and the possibility that this may come back as, as a negative review however if it's a fair few thousand pounds if, if it's a rewire for instance see i'm more the opposite of that approach like if i've had like serious not serious complaints in terms of that they were genuinely something seriously wrong, but more like the complaints have been about a job of a higher value. Those are the ones that I've tended to back down from sooner. I've done a couple of small money claims for a few hundred pounds and yeah, yeah. that's um, convincing to pay. Um, and like I said, I've had my husband angrily ringing up the odd person who's mm-hmm. not rude, but being quite, you know, look, you're, you're messing her about. She's asking you for this money. Especially if it's been another guy because um, mm. he's found he's got a much better response. Like we had a company um, who opened a cafe recently. It was, it was about two and a half thousand pounds worth of work. Um, when it came to paying, they started questioning stuff on the invoice. We confirmed the things on the invoice were correct. They then said, oh, that's fine, I'll pay. Um, it then went on weeks and weeks. Some days they'd send 50 quid. Some days they'd send 150 quid. Some days they just ignore the phone and he was getting all it and my husband was getting more and more angry about it. So he ended up bringing the business, the male business owner who I kept getting put on to, to deal with. And his response was to pay within about, I think it was about 10 days mm. he paid. Um, so it's like, I think sometimes a small claims court sort of procedure has been something I preferred to do, but... Um, mm then sort of like all this angle ringing, but they've only been for smaller amounts. Whereas when I've had, I've had a couple of um, 
customers who've like I had a rewire once where she made a complaint about it and this is the person who thought that you weren't going to damage the plaster to rewire the whole house. We'd done it all, we'd explained it all in person. I'd done a meeting with the phone, gone through everything and uh, she'd had a plasterer on site who I was um, working on other jobs with who said to me, um, you'll just damage what you need to damage, I'll do all the patching, don't worry. He then backs out of the job and it was nothing to do with us he was just a completely separate company just happened to know him um and then she was left with all this plastering to do she then started complaining about the plastering mm-hmm. and then yeah. started complaining about the rewire um she got an ic involved like it ended up being a really substantial complaint and did underpay by over a thousand pounds and i wasn't um it was causing me too much stress to yeah. want to proceed mm. with that one whereas you seem to be more in favor of sort of the smaller amounts not like i was just getting so stressed out with it i just ended up leaving it in the end mm. I, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd walk away from smaller amounts yeah see but... i've pursued smaller amounts and found i've got them i don't know why it's weird that isn't it <laughs> it's really important now these days to have a really clear online presence like what do your companies do to have that online presence and where have you seen the most success in terms of that converting into leads and sales coming into your business well from the conversation earlier on we're kind of on two different sides here aren't we you more social media yeah so i'd say um i didn't have a website for ages i was straight on facebook um quite quickly got a facebook page and stuff um set up then a website came after that we do get quite a few leads through the website and then we've set up other social media platforms like google my business that sort of stuff um but all our online um posts and things are all done through our scheduling on that recur post that i told you about um it's like 25 quid a month you fill it with content and it just does it all for you and you just have to periodically renew the connection mm. um so i'd say we get the most input uh, so the most sort of people coming back to us through facebook um a bit through um the website inquiry page mm. and then we pay for online presence on checker trade and yell and we yeah. get quite a bit mm. through that as well mm. um f- for us tracking back over the years that the strongest channels always been the website um coupled with gmb you know it's, it's basically google they, they found you on on google they found a landing page they found your your business on on google it's difficult to to get them to kind of understand well where did they find you first mm. what did they click on first yeah. did they look at your google business profile first and then click on on the website or did they somehow miss that part and come directly on onto your website but for me it's it's um you know an, an online presence via via your website is 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 a stronger one mm-hmm. for me we have had social media we have had uh, leads from social media but just nowhere near the same sort of volume as as you know having a decent website mm. and do you do you measure the success of like where those leads come from in terms of like that we talked about it a bit in other areas but that customer lifetime value the value of that job the recurring jobs from that customer recommendations you get for those different channels it's been a while since since i had a day-to-day but yeah a a day-to-day once once a quarter sit down go through every um every incoming lead that's Mm -hmm. come through analyze where that incoming lead came from you know did it come from check trade did it come from from which? Did it come from from Google, Facebook, wherever? Um, and then somehow trying to to track. Well, did we win this lead? What was the value of of this lead? Um, how much callback did you get to it? And that's that's an important mm. one. You know, how many times did you have to go back 
to that job. Some jobs are nice and easy. There's, there's no there's no risk factor. It's nice and easy in and out. But some jobs, it's like well, it's, it's not all all what seems. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely. Um, it'd be nice to be able to track how like successful it's been in terms of um you not having to go back or you getting further business from that um we don't have that facility within our software now but i know it's something that you've been working on with parker um but i think it would be good to be able to with the the old software we used before you could get a quantity of leads with, within a certain date like time frame so how many people did you how many customers did you create on the system with the source facebook and you mm. could prevent the administrator from being able to create a customer without putting a custom source and mm. um, can't do that with the software we've got now which i think is crazy because obviously it's such an important thing to track um but like we spend money on marketing for checker trading yeah without really any ideas whether i need to be spending that money and it probably comes to not far of a thousand pound a month which would be nice to save if mm. we didn't need it um but it's it's kind of like just a off the top of my head sort of thing at the minute which isn't very good business like yeah. but <laughs> yeah we stopped using i'm going to pronounce this correctly yell.com yeah um a few years ago when we tracked it down to 303 pound per, oh, wow. per customer oh, okay still 303 pound per, per customer that's what it costs yeah per I thought, you know, that's what they were spending with you no, no, <laughs> oh no. gosh wow per, per, per customer yeah, it'd be nice. We've only been using Yell for um, a few months, but I've definitely noticed us get busier, but I don't know if that's in correlation to using Yell or other things. Um, it's just, again, it's just off the top of my head, yeah. but it'd be nicer to be able to, because with Yell as well, you've got to sign up for 12 months, so um, it was like yeah. a big commitment to say, right, yeah, I'm going to do that check a trade, the, pla the um, subscription we're on, I can cancel at any time. Mm. So. I guess the, the thing those like lead generating sites are good for is supplementing those like consistent sources of like your your own internal leads coming in through your website or through your Facebook page or, or whatever stuff that you're doing. It does it at least allow you to say right, we need more work or less work at any given point in time. But the seasons still come and come and go. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, it will add more leads, but it will add more leads at the time that you were getting more leads yeah. via via other, ch yeah, other yeah. channels so yeah. it, it's not it's not plugging the gap you know it's not filling in the summer months mm. but it is making you know giving more work opportunities throughout throughout the year mm. but it costs it costs as well mm. in in your your experience like what are the best ways to stand out from the crowd what are the best ways to show that you are different you've got an easy one haven't you well yeah i suppose obviously being a female electrician does make us stand out quite a bit um it's not something I intentionally use to stand out, but um, I think branding, we are branded as a female electrician, but our yeah. brand is a circle, the yellow circle, and people often say, I've seen your van because they see the big yellow mm. circle, or they'll see a van that's got yellow on it and think it's our van and go, oh, I thought I saw your van the other mm. day, but then it was a um, one of the car hire companies have got yellow circles in their vans too. So I think <laughs> a brand, definitely, um, you mentioned earlier about, um, I think it was about, being present so that i think it was with the youtube videos so that people know then who you are to come back to you well if you build a brand and people know who you are mm. so i don't think marketing and getting a um customer like trying to find a reason why a customer needs you but trying to make a customer know who you are is more important so that when they do need you yeah. you're the first person they think of and so 
having a noticeable brand definitely does that and it makes you stand out and i think then if people can see your brand um in the same way they'd see a big company's brand then they trust you more as well like example if british gas have got a name you know but they are they are human beings behind british gas believe it or not mm. you know so if people think oh british gas i trust british gas i trust british gas i don't i don't know why i just do just because mm. it's so well known if you can become sort of that sort of league of brand then definitely obviously british gas is huge but i'm just meaning that sort of um trustworthy way to people then that definitely mm. um it'll definitely make you stand out yeah um what what we did from from an early point where we use a slogan um all the way through through as marketing uh, on the website on the on the brochures that we handed over to the customer uh on the back of it it would say the most reviewed boiler installation business in in the region we're not saying we're the best we're just like really hammering home check out as reviews yeah. and when you know when when customers potential customers checked out the reviews you know they, they, they speak for themselves yeah yeah Fantastic. Yeah, I think reviews definitely is the other one, isn't it, sir? So we talked a lot about identifying the right customers for you and that process for some people, I think, is like quite daunting, like setting that up for your, your business. is like I know you, you run Built to Last, which helps people with that. Do you want to tell people a little bit a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, four or five years ago, we, we started up a, a Facebook community called The Boiler Business, heating engineers only um and there is a few sparks in there actually to, to tell the truth and and what we saw from from starting that community was there wasn't enough help out there for for, for the trade businesses to actually talk about you know the business side of, of of the trade um having done a fair bit of um training myself uh we basically wrote a one-day training course, and that one-day training course then turned into into a six-month training course, um, where where we basically focus on a lot of what we spoke about over, over the last couple of days. We, we speak about foundations, your your time, your money. We really hammer home on on marketing, uh, different aspects of of marketing, uh, websites, social media, the creation of of content, and what what is content, what is its its use. Uh, and then getting into getting into systems, which is clearly where Payaka became attractive for me. Um, what is systems? It, it all starts with customer journey. You know, um, we we need to understand and map out the customer journey. Uh, then we need to look at what software can we find that's going to help us uh, provide that customer journey. But also, what software can we can we find to help help manage the job and and manage the team. Uh, and then really the back end of of built to last is team you know mm. building the team um, what what do we need to look out for is it all going to be in-house is it all going to be engineers how much admin do we need um what team can you outsource you know we're not necessarily we, we, you know we're not big companies are we we can't afford 15 members of staff so it's well we we have to we have to outsource some work so who who's that going to be so that's in, in a nutshell is is what we've been doing for for the last four years uh we've we've built to last and you know we look forward to carry on delivering that in in 22.3 cool and where, where do people find out more about that oh oh that sounds like a plug uh the boiler business uh uk. cool thank you very much that's it for this episode i hope you found the information we shared useful if you'd like any support on the topics covered 
leave a comment below the video or head over to the Payaka website and we'd be happy to help. Thanks for watching and if you enjoyed the conversation please support the channel by subscribing and liking the video.